0: I just sent him a text and said "badass" on it. <laughs> I mean, Hey, listen, I I didn't have anything to do with them guys winning the national championship, but I knew players on the team, and uh, so I don't even think Alabama people could be mad at me for rooting for Georgia. I, you know, I put four years of Jamie and I's life in into the University of Georgia.
1: What's going on? This is the Saturday Down South podcast. I am Conor O'Gara.
2: Will, how's skiing? How's Colorado? It was amazing, man. Very chill vibes. You see, I'm very sunburned right now. Skiing for me, you know, bought a 260, Cajun. Not really, you know, my, my forte. It was fun, didn't hurt myself. I will say, I went up there, and it was Mardi Gras break, Connor. So the entire mm. ski slopes were filled with my people. It was me and a horde of thick Cajuns shredding up the gnar. And that was really Love just it. a dream scenario for me, really. I, 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 it was Mardi Gras, obviously, while I was up there. And so, got to see my people, got to see some snow. It was, it was a great time, man. That sounds awesome. Good to have you back. We have a huge show
1: today. Sam Pittman is going to join us in a bit. Yes, that's Sam Pittman. Great conversation with the Arkansas head coach. So glad that we were able to have him back on. And we are also going to close with out-of-town guests in figuring it out, so stay tuned for that. little housekeeping for everyone. I, If you listened to last episode, the end of it, I teased a different interview, and um, some of you might be going, oh yeah, where's that interview? That's going to be with Joey Molinaro, who, like I said, if you've been on the internet in the last three years, you've seen his imitations. He's a guy that does unbelievable Nick Saban, Saban imitation, Colin Coward, Chris Collinsworth, all those different guys. That will be coming up this time next week. Already recorded it, going to be great. We've also got an adjustment more episode that we will release on this channel, as well as Ball Uncensored, that will be released in our normal Tuesday slot. So watch out for that. It is 2021 Arkansas Ole Miss game of the year. Look forward to that as well. But first, I think there is a decreasing amount of significance in the NFL combine. And that's going to come across, somebody's going to hear that and think that I'm just anti combine guy. And I sort of am and sort of am not. I would rather watch football than watch the underwear Olympics, but I will say I usually find myself tuning into the coverage, admittedly for my own selfish reasons sometimes. I've, if like, you know, you've been there. If you've been banging the drum for a guy that you love more you don't hate it when they do really, really well at combine,
2: right? That's what it's all about. Oh, I thought you were about to say you were watching what people were were benching and and, and doing the lifts. And you're like, "Oh, come on, I got half of that in (laughs) me. Also true. (laughs) You're not wrong
1: about that. Um, In 2020, when I went down to IMG to spend a little bit of time with Justin Jefferson, I I chatted with his speed coach, Mo Wells, who LSU fans know, track star at LSU. He trains all those LSU guys ahead of the NFL draft. Um, And I remember him talking about how important that 40 was gonna be for Justin Jefferson in Indy. They said how anything better than 4 or 5 is gonna be a win for us. Never mind the fact that Justin Jefferson was absurdly productive at LSU. Nobody really questioned his route running, nobody questioned his size, but there was still this emphasis on the 40 because of all the assumptions that he wasn't really gonna run well, even though evaluators admitted that his game speed was totally there. Still, though, The highest that the the big time mock drafts had had, where Justin Jefferson was slotted was at number 24 to the Saints. Sorry, Will. I don't mean to go there. Man, would have hated that instead of Cesar Ruiz. Yeah, of course. Who could forget? Speaking of IMG Academy. Yeah, Mm -hmm. he's an IMG Academy guy. Um, But Kuyper, our guy, Mike Renner, PFF, they had Jefferson outside the first round. And I'm not just calling them out for the sake of calling them out. But that Jefferson runs a 4-4-3 at the Combine and it was like all right now he's a legit first rounder yet still so many people got it wrong with him i mean that did not matter at all he was only the fifth receiver off the board and less than a year into his rookie season it was pretty clear that he was one of the top five receivers on planet earth there was really not much debate about that i bring that up because that's a recent example where the combine was supposed to matter and it was made out to believe like justin jefferson just had this one last last box to check but even with him teams had already decided that for whatever reason they liked other receivers more than him so like Jalen how much Rigor, did... for instance exactly oh gosh eagles that's that's a real tough look how much did that really matter for him eh, i don't really know as it relates to this year i started thinking about these first rounders who are sitting out. Some of them kind of have the nagging injuries. Some of them just kind of sound like, nah, you know what? I'm good. <laughs> and honestly, I have no problem with some of these guys saying, yeah, I'm, I'm okay, I'm good. I don't need to necessarily compete in this. You might have just rolled your eyes at, at, at me saying that and assumed that this is just like the bowl opt-out deal and kids these days don't want to compete. I think it's an entirely separate discussion about the way we consume the sport from a talent evaluation standpoint and how we've sort of dismissed that players have more eyes on them on them than ever during their college careers, and maybe even before that. It wasn't long ago that you couldn't watch every single game on TV. I think we take for granted how much more access we have to watching these guys in the playoff era with all of these games that you can stream with grades of every player, from every play, from PFF, More people have access to the All-22, and everyone has access to a Twitter account wherein they can make their own clips if they've got a smartphone, and they really want to show you why that left tackle got smoked on third down. Everybody can do that. That's all over the place. 10 years ago, that was not the case at all. And obviously, everyone knows that things have changed since 1980. Think about someone like Herschel Walker. We didn't see him on national TV until game number seven, the famous George Rogers game, of course. Herschel's career, he was only on national TV 11 times that's it right you just saying that will like that that concept is is wild all over the place even if you're a a tailback at south carolina these days you're going to be on available to a national audience more than 12 times more than 11 times in a given season half of peyton manning's games in his first two seasons were pay-per-view or they were on raycom sports or they were just not on tv at all Right? I mean, what a weird thing. What a weird time to think about with college football. Fast forward to Arch Manning. You can live stream all of his high school games. Think about this. A national audience will have more access to watching one season of Arch Manning's high school games compared to the entire college career of Herschel Walker. NBC Sports Network, ESPN, just a couple of the networks who have been
2: streaming Arch Manning's high school games Why wouldn't they? Of course. I'm sorry, you just made a great point I've never thought of. This is why college football is so big in a regional basis, bro. Because if you're from these towns, you get to see every game, you know what I'm saying? You get to see every home game at least, and you have all these memories that weren't on TV. And that's why like college football has exploded so much in the last 20 years, because now all these players are like being seen. That's actually a really good point.
1: You get seen just so much more,
2: so much
1: more. I mean, think about it. If you wanted to to sell yourself like you're an NFL fan, you wanted to sell yourself on this potential first round receiver from Oregon State and he's on Pac-12 after dark and it's one in the morning after a long Saturday, you can just flip on ESPN and watch that. You don't even have to stream it. I mean, you can Mm -hmm. get that all over the place and you can make up your own opinions about that player and these types of things we weren't able to do 15 years ago. We just weren't. And so our talent evaluation should probably shift with that. There's really no way to, to calculate this exact thing, but if you include streams, uh, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram, and all other social media platforms, I would love to see how many people have seen significant reps of Arch Manning in high school compared to Peyton Manning at Tennessee. I, look, I, I get it. Peyton Manning's was consumed in a, in, a, in a major, major way. And that was also back in the time when SportsCenter was at its peak. So people would watch SportsCenter and they'd see highlights there. So I'm not saying that he wasn't consumed at all. But I would just love to see how much more accessibility we have to someone like Arch Manning, who is going to be a 2023 recruit, as opposed to Peyton Manning, who played at the peak of the sport in the mid, uh, in the middle of the 90s. I bet that is, re- is is really close. And I would love to, to get like an actual breakdown. Darren Rebell somewhere is probably trying to come up with that number and, and not have really a lot of accuracy to it,
2: but. That would be the most useful thing he's done in ages if that was the case.
1: Buddy, you're not wrong about that. Go search Arch Manning on Twitter under the videos tab and you'll kill an afternoon. It's all there, it's all there. And the the guy hasn't even started his senior year of high school yet. Like imagine telling yourself If you're Arch Manning, by the time he reaches the combine in 2026, imagine being a GM or a scout telling him, you know, we just, we need to see more of you. We need to see work out on this field today. I'll put money on it now. Arch Manning ain't competing at the combine. <laughs> There's no way. If I were him and there was pushback on that, I'd say, are, are you serious? <laughs> Everyone with an Internet connection has had, has had access to, to every throw I've made since I was a sophomore in high school. What the hell do you mean you want to see how I compete? It's all there. Go find it. OK, I don't need to, to compete in this in this specific event to confirm or you know validate whatever opinions you have about me. You sh- they're already going to be they're already going to be out there. Obviously, Arch is definitely not in the majority here. He's a very specific case, somebody who's going to be dissected, consumed in a way that most high school and college athletes aren't. I totally get that. But the majority of these college players can be seen by a national audience each and every week. If they take plays off, they hear about it. If they have a play where they get beat off the block like that time DeMarvin Leal did it to Evan Neal, uh, chances are, draft Twitter, they've already seen it. They've tweeted about it and it's going to validate some sort of opinion they have. Draft Twitter has exploded since Twitter video took off in the last like four or five years. It's everywhere. Go type in any draft prospect's name into the old Twitter machine, do it. and. Search videos or on the latest tab and I can guarantee that you will get a flurry of opinions like you would not believe. It's unbelievable. I mean, even dudes who are like borderline draft picks are, oh man, this would be a great fifth round guy for the Eagles or something like that. Or, oh, I mocked him in this PFF draft simulator. They're all over the place. All over the place. By the way, that's the case for these guys, whether they compete at the combine or not. That's a key word right there. Compete. Sure, there's value in showing up and showing that you're in incredible shape, even if it doesn't guarantee that you'll be in the same exact shape a few months from now after getting drafted and cashing that first paycheck. Like, that's the thing that we kind of take for granted about this. Being in shape in March, a little bit different than being shape, in shape when those OTAs roll around, but you know, kind of take what you will with that. I truly think the combine should be more about not just showing up and embarrassing yourself. Rather than trying to figure out what a four five five means compared to a four four three forty, and I always think that there's value in meeting with a player, in doing your due diligence there, being able to to try and find out do they have any sort of issues, not necessarily asking those ridiculous questions but at least trying to figure out if they have maybe some skeletons in their closet or maybe they have some bad work habits that really aren't gonna translate in the NFL level. Look, I I totally get all that. The stakes have never been higher with the money and the sense of urgency, which is why I think we've been warped into this false sense that the combine is so significant when really it's a lot less make or break than it's made out to be. Shoot, you can even crush the the combine interviews. You can go in there and impress everyone that you meet and still come away here about all this negative talk about you because teams want to create these smoke screens. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's still a possibility as well. So the craziest thing is that despite all this access that we've got to more video of these guys than ever before, and some pretending the combine is more important than ever, the NFL is still total crap shoot. Mm-hmm. An increase in video hasn't changed that. It just is. The stat that keeps getting thrown out there, and I've seen this from a bunch of different places. Usually, I like to cite where I get something from and not just rip it off somebody else, but it's been all over the place. Of the 14 quarterbacks drafted in the top five from 2009 to 2018, the only quarterback still on the same team who drafted him is Baker Mayfield. That's right. Let me <laughs> repeat is he? that. And yeah, TBD on that. Of all the 14 quarterbacks drafted in the top five, from 2009 2018, the only quarterback still on his same team who drafted him, Baker Mayfield. That's it. Around this time last year, I did that pod on how drafting receivers in the top ten is essentially a coin flip. Remember that? Which Jamar Chase obviously has turned into a, a star, an overnight star. I'd argue that Devontae Smith, Jalen Waddle haven't exactly been the typical. Oh, you're gonna whiff, and this is this guy's gonna be a bust. Both of them, Jalen Waddle especially, had. I, I would say, pretty promising year one seasons, not on the level of the Jamar Chase, of course, but even drafting an offensive lineman in the first round is a total coin flip. And that really hasn't changed. During the 2010s, I went and looked this up. During the 2010s, there were 59 offensive linemen drafted in the first round. And I can guarantee you, you know what happens. Well, you've been there when the Saints draft an offensive lineman, like a Ryan Ramchick comes off the board for the Saints and you're like, that's the safe pick. We made the safe pick there. Yep. Great depth. Smart move. Will, like I said, 59 offensive linemen drafted in the first round during the 2010s, 2010 through 2019. How many of those 59 offensive linemen drafted in the first round do you think made a Pro Bowl?
2: Okay, so I'm going to say since we do consider that a safer position, I'm going to say about a third of them. Let's go with 20.
1: That's a really good guess. That's a great guess. Answer's 23. OK. So uh,
2: 39%. 39%? With all that preamble, though, if you had asked me with no context, I would have said 40, <laughs> to be fair.
1: Yes. Yes. Point being, the whiff rate on these guys is still so high. And in some ways, perhaps everyone having a platform who wants one can muddy the waters even more. And all of a sudden, oh, there's this bad clip that keeps going viral. And it's like, maybe you get in your own head if you're a GM when you see something like that. And I'm actually doing the thing that I always say not to do. (laughs) I always say, don't present a problem without providing a solution. I'm not sitting here saying that I have talent evaluation figured out because Lord knows I have taken so many L's in that department. Josh Allen, the quarterback, (laughs) and Micah Parsons, buddy, I was, way wrong on both of them michael parsons i was like i would not touch that guy with a 10-foot pole i think he's got some issues in his background that would scare the hell out of me if i was drafted in the top 10 top 15. and i mean both of those guys look like they're on a hall of fame path early in their careers what i am saying is that we should probably expect more of these dudes to sit out of the combine because not everyone has something to gain from it if i'm evan Neal and i'm sitting there going you want me to bench press (laughs) Like I don't know. I, go watch how I handled Jalen Carter's get off. All right, right. that's a, that's a better example for you. Even if Derek Stingley was healthy, which he's not, he's still coming back from the leg surgery. And you know, yeah, call it what you will, but. Nothing would sway my opinion of him at the Combine, even though, as PFF reminds us, the guy was only targeted 35 times in the last two seasons after he pretty much set the sport ablaze as a true freshman. Mm -hmm. I think for a lot of these guys, the Combine is just about confirmation bias. That's what it's become. Yep like I did with Jefferson, you want to see someone that you bang the drum for, do well to justify what you've seen from a player based on all of this access that you have had to watching them and you've seen the videos and maybe you've watched the games live if they don't perform well at the Combine, I would almost look at it as like a a reason to start banging the drum for them more because of what the film told you. And Mm -hmm. you, you say, oh, you can't necessarily just fall back on this or don't worry about the three cone drill here, the broad jump there, the explosiveness, it all jumps off the chart, like all those different things. More access, more video available than ever, less need to use the Combine as this make or break evaluation. Will, you consume the NFL, I think more than the average college fan for mm-hmm. sure. Has the Combine lost a little bit of luster with so many other ways to watch these guys?
2: So that was a ton of really interesting points about the Combine. First off, I'll say I, I come from an NBA background as well where nobody does anything at the Combine. Great point, and so, yeah. It's not, it's never really been that weird to me. I'm always of the opinion that, you know, it's rare. It does happen, but it's rare we'll see a guy really show out at the combine that we weren't expecting. And a lot of those guys turn out like, you know, Vernon Golson like guys that are just like, you know, shorts warriors and stuff. So I do think, you know, if you've already done enough and there are tons of evaluators at this point too, like you talk specifically to teams and then there are enough guys on the inside that'll tell you, hey teams are telling me this about you to where, you know, maybe if you're a borderline like day one, type two, or day two, day three kind of guy, that's when the combine can really help you. But just just me personally you know what i'm saying if i put in like if i'm if i'm evan Neal. by the way did you see that picture of evan Neal that came out today I didn't, I have not yet. Oh, dude, they were talking about he's 337 and just seeing him, I mean, he's like a Greek God, bro. He's chiseled. And they were like, oh, this is the most athletic I've ever seen someone of that weight look. And like, yeah, if you can increase your stock by just showing up, then go for it. You know what I'm saying? Like he could take that picture, weigh in and leave. And it's like, oh, all of the strength is in muscle in his lower half. Like he's, he's built like literally like you up top, bro. And he's 337. It's insane. Like he's just anyway. So, so point being like there are moments of the combine was where I was going with that, where they have helped guys, but yeah, I mean, I mean, I I do think that you know, you can see guys game tape and and, and the stuff that's becoming behind the curtain is so much more because you're seeing guys interviewed now. So like Joe Burrow, you knew what type of guy he was off the field by the time he got drafted. And so, and another thing, going back to our topic from the last podcast that we did together, Rob was talking about, you know, NFL offenses becoming more wide open, you know, things like these measurables, you know, hand size, shout out Kenny Pickett, and like all these random things, height that we used to look at, you know, you have a guy like Kyler Murray that had like eight red flags coming in and had has been a great quarterback. And so I think that it's, the NFL has realized, you know, market efficiencies, right? Taking these guys or working with what guys give you as opposed to trying to fit a square peg into a round hole. And something like the combine, you know, with the Wonderlick test, which is going out the window. Um, but you know, they're starting to, they're, those were the, you know, Round hole tests. Those were the, okay, well, here's what a Peyton Manning should be, or here's what a Tom Brady should be, even though he didn't obviously do great at the combine. But, you know, it's what an NFL player should look and behave like. Whereas more and more we're seeing guys who are, you know, not typical. We're seeing guys come out of these weird backgrounds like, Von Miller's allergic to grass, man. And he's like a Hall of Fame edge rusher. Like, you know, like. Yeah. Like, and he's asthma. <laughs> he plays in Denver. You know what I'm saying? So, like. You, uh, you, not anymore,
1: but yeah. Played in you know, Denver for a while. Oh,
2: well, yeah, yeah, right, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's had his whole career there. So it's like, there are things that, you know, you, you can imagine the old mustache, Mike Ditka looking guys checking off the board. Oh, no, this guy's never going to work in the league. Never going to work in the league. And what it comes down to, man, and why it's still so much of a crapshoot is it's so much about mentality. So much more than ever and how you're going to handle it. Like, you have a guy like Baker Mayfield who comes off first overall after being, you know, a preferred walk on on shooting up these draft boards and kind of does okay. Flames out, doesn't really garner the number one pick. Then you have a guy, you know, a couple years later in Burrow who very similar situation was projected a sixth, seventh round pick and then shoots up the draft boards because of his mentality is able to meet that expectation. And that's not something you can talk to guys about their favorite color, their favorite animal, all you want, but there's not really a way to predict that. So yeah, I, I think more and more these combine things are exactly what you said. It's, it's um. It's just confirming your bias. If you like a guy, you're gonna love it. If you hate a guy, you think he's a bum and you watch him struggle to bench press like Bo Claiborne did, it's like, yeah, see, this guy's never gonna work out. He can't bitch 225.
1: Yeah, it, it's just, it's strange how, um, and, and I think part of it has become the the coverage for it. And there's now more of a market for it. And I, I'm not saying that there shouldn't be because mm-hmm. I do think that it's interesting. And, and even look, I'm, I'm a Bears fan, and if I saw some guy absolutely tear up the combine and then the Bears draft him in the first round, I'm telling myself, great, awesome, they're going to be able to work with this. They haven't had an athlete like this in X amount of years, and and you sell yourself on this. And it's to me, that's that's what it's all about, even if that doesn't necessarily guarantee much of anything. And so I think now we have to change the way in which we consume some of these guys. And I'm not saying that everybody is... is is going to the combine with meaningless work ahead of them. Like you said, there are a ton of guys who will benefit, who will put money in their pockets from tearing it up, from showing showing up to Indy in the best shape of their lives. And there's still value in that. Don't get it twisted, but I just think that there's less and less value, especially with these top guys. Even like Malik Willis went to Liberty. (laughs) I mean, he went to Liberty and you're going to see it. Like everybody has all the access to everything he's been doing with Hugh Freeze the last two years. Mm -hmm. You can find it all. I mean, it's, it's, it's no secret. It's not like you need to show up and see how he stacks up, you know, throwing next to Sam Howell or something like that. Yeah. In theory, you can tell yourself that, or you can just like watch the guy play football and they play together enough power five teams, if that's a concern as well. But I just think that we, we need to shift our our priorities, our emphasis of that specific event. I almost put more stock in kind of seeing some of these guys at the Senior Bowl, which mm-hmm. I realize that's not a perfect thing either because they're playing base defenses and there's only so much you can do and, you know, only so much contact that guys want to be able to initiate. It's not the NBA All-Star game from a defensive standpoint, but, or the Pro Bowl, I should say <laughs> from a defensive standpoint. No, the standpoint, Senior Bowl,
2: but. I think the Senior Bowl is making almost like, not a comeback, but I think it's almost becoming more valuable than the combine because you see, See wow, a so lot of guys. Were guys. There. You see so yeah. many fringe guys that want to make an impact. They're all hungry. They all want to be there. And they all want to be the best player on the field. And that's really rare, man.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, but yes, I'm, I'm not dismissing the combine <laughs> altogether. Just think it needs a little bit of a, of a rethinking here as we uh, as we talk about it in 2022. Let's kick it to Sam Pittman. I'm going to give a little bit of a, uh, a teaser, a warning here. Um, I got my chance at redemption for my yes, sir. I'm not going to spoil what happened, but I will say turn your volume down a touch before I do it because your boy belted it out. I mean, I I couldn't whiff on that opportunity. I just couldn't. So early apologies to all of your your eardrums. You've been warned. Here is Sam Pittman. I'm now excited to be joined by a very special guest. It is Arkansas coach, Sam Pittman. Sam, uh, you had the year that Arkansas fans were hoping for. There was no sort of sophomore slump. You hit a bit of a, a snag in October, but you still deliver the program's first top 25 finish in a decade. You add a whole mess of rivalry trophies to the case. I mean, very, very impressed that you were able to do that. I know that was a big point of abscess. And it's kind of crazy to think about, you know, 17 months ago, you're just a first time FBS head coach and you're trying to, to end the program's SEC drought in terms of wins over a thousand days. Do you sense that momentum and and that confidence or does it still feel like that same place that you took over two years ago?
0: no I, I i feel um i feel through our team uh, that we uh, we've earned confidence we've earned that uh, uh, we've we're having an excellent off season um uh, you can see just the way that we walk the way that we talk the way that we act um you can tell that things have are different and uh, we're certainly not uh, where we need to be, but I think they have bought into the fact that we know the only way we can get there is to work, and uh, they have done that uh, ever since the
1: you know our, we got back to school. Is it different now? Like when you when you like look in the players' eyes and you can tell when you first show up there it'd be hard not to look defeated. You can put out all the hype videos you want and talk about culture and these different things. But when you, when you've had those kinds of struggles, when you walk in the door and you look on a player's face and you see kind of what they've been through is, was that so obvious for you then? And is it just like, does, does it just bring you joy to kind of see that, that change, that transformation now?
0: Yeah, I think I think you're talking about what I would call internal belief and external belief. Yeah. Uh, You know, we've got internal belief now. I think anybody can say they believe and say they want to work and say they want to do that, but they really don't believe it internally in their heart and in their soul. And and uh, I think now we have what I would call the internal belief that we we have shown what we can do and what we can accomplish. We're certainly not where we need to be. But yes, you can
1: fill it. Are you at the level now where you're incognito when you go out? Because I, I imagine you're, you're getting hounded everywhere you want to go. You don't want to be the guy that just like avoids everything because you are a public figure now in Fayetteville in a bigger way than you've been at any point in your career. But is it weird? Like, do you wear a hat when you go out? Like, you go to the grocery store, you go to the restaurant? Like, what's What are those interactions like for you?
0: No, and you know I'm a people person and and uh people are very courteous and and you know ask for autographs and pictures and all those type things and I'm more than happy to do that. Um uh no, I can't I can't really go anywhere in the state of Arkansas without not something uh, very exciting going on. Uh but I don't try to disguise it. I you know I embrace it because I one time a coach, and depending on what you think of a coach, you know, but a a coach made me feel like a million dollars one time uh, just because he knew my name and he acknowledged me and for each their own of who that person may be. But I want to make sure that if I'm that person for them, that I give them a great experience and something that they can remember. And uh, because someone did it for me in my life.
1: Are we talking like a Pittsburgh State coach? Did that for you back in the no, day?
0: No, 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 no. It was a coach of a D1 school back when I was coaching high school and just yelled across the parking lot. And I was with my wife. I was young. And he said, hey, Coach and thanks for coming to the game. And I go, oh, okay. This guy coaching at this college knew, knew who I was and my name. And, yeah, I'll never forget that.
1: Don't undersell the MIAA. It is the SEC of Division II football. <laughs> Real ones know, man. Real ones know. <laughs> That's right. Uh, you kicked off 2022 in a way that Arkansas fans could only dream of. A Gatorade bath in Florida with a sticky hug with John Daly. I actually went back. I, I watched the All-22 of Gatorade bath. And you sort of turned into it. So two-part question here. One, did you want the Gatorade bath to cool down? And two, were you like me sitting there hoping, praying after all these different uh, Gatorade dumps, you know, mayo and French fries, all these different things? Were you hoping that we were going to get a blooming onion bath to cap off the I
0: was
1: hoping I'd get
0: a blooming onion to eat. I can tell you that. Well done, by the way. It has to be well done for me to really enjoy yes. it. No, I had no idea that it was coming. I'll be honest with you. I wasn't really even thinking about it, you know. Um, I hadn't been this long-term head coach where you're getting a lot of, you know, Gatorade on you. Um, but they hit me right in the front. Uh, they avoided my face, but they got everything else. And, of course, uh, I, was, I was down to a 2X shirt and and – Yes, I said down to a two-X shirt. you look great. And uh, then it got all wet and I'm like, man, I wish I'd have wore a jacket or something, you know, because I knew we you know, we were winning and I knew we was gonna be on the stage. And I thought, man, I hope this dries out pretty soon. It was awesome, but I turned right into it not knowing it was coming, they got me pretty good.
1: Have you uh you and John Daly, have you been able to 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 play some golf yet?
0: no i mean i'd have to hit it four times just to get close to him off his drive but no but i tell you he's a great uh, supporter of the program and and uh, was really really neat to see him down there and embrace the hogs down in tampa and obviously he comes up here he's got a son on the golf team but um just a special special character special special guy I'm glad that uh, he calls me and I feel like he's my friend. So really
1: good guy. I feel like you, John, you Justin Moore – Bobby Bones, you could play in like a foursome and and maybe, you know, it's not so much focused on the golf shots, just the commentary that would come from it. And like it it would be a special that we could see on CMT or something like that. Maybe the golf channel would air that. I I would watch that. I don't know about you, but I I would sign up for that. That was a big deal with like the Peyton Manning, you know, Tom Brady thing. I think we need an Arkansas version of that.
0: You know what? That'd be a lot of fun. And I certainly would do it. You know, I was on the radio yesterday and teasing, Justin Moore that I was coming to see him in concert and oh by the way who's that old George Straits there too huh <laughs> he was laughing but you know Justin Moore's special
1: and he, he's he's really good at what he does. Uh, you won the, the the Outback Bowl without Traylon Burks, who was just a warrior for you guys this season. I, I know you've already sung his praises. You were doing uh, radio with my guy, JB. And, you know, you are admittedly biased when it comes to evaluating Traylon Burks, especially at the next level. But when you see some of these, and you, you're not plugged into the mock drafts, why would you be? you got better things to do with your time. But, like, When you have people call you up and question this thing or this thing when it comes to Traylon Burks because people are doing their due diligence if he's going to be taken in the first round of the NFL draft, does it just kind of make you laugh when they question some of those abilities given what you've seen from him?
0: Well, I've been in this a long time and had a lot of first-rounders, you know, when I was coaching offensive line. So I respect every question, you know, because there's – millions of dollars involved in this pick and maybe their job's on the line if they take him. What I always tell them, if I believe it, now I tell them whatever I believe, but is that with trailing, he's got great work ethic. He's a wonderful character kid. He's not going to be in any type of trouble. He's not Actually, he's going to make your organization better. And then wherever you think he fits off of film, then he'll be every bit as good as that and probably better. And then they got to, you know, it's their organization. They got to make, they got to figure out what they want to do with him, but he'll be better than what they think he is. I can promise you that. Did he you was when up? I came
1: in. Yeah, did, when you came in, did you have to make any sort of sell to him? Because people forget, like, he committed to play for, for a different offense. He's an in-state kid, of course. Like, he loves the program, and that's never been in doubt. But did, did you have to make any sort of sell to him to, to say, like, hey, this is the offense we're going to run. This is the way that we're going to use you?
0: No, no. Um, uh, he, I think it's kind of like when he's coming out of high school, he he wanted not play for the Razorbacks. And I didn't think that changed when uh,
1: Coach Morris was – uh, uh whom we coach morse left. Uh, I don't like putting Jaden Hazelwood in the same sentence as Traylon Brooks. I feel like that's unfair to, to Jaden. Yeah, it is, yeah. And just because Traylon did stuff that, I mean, we – I don't know that we've seen an Arkansas receiver in the 21st century do all the different things that he did and how valuable he was. But what what do you think Jaden is going to bring to your offense and what kind of impact can he have for you guys this year as somebody who comes in obviously very highly touted from Oklahoma?
0: Well, we obviously. Uh, signed him because we knew we had to replace Traylon. So he, he, he was the one that we were going after to, um, uh, try to place those numbers in that position. um, uh, we've known, uh, him for a long time. You know, I uh, recruited him when we was over at Georgia and Jimmy Smith was his high school coach and, and, uh, but the thing I like about him is how much he's matured out of high school. Not that he was immature; he just he's a grown man, and uh, physically, mentally, uh, he can handle what we're going to ask him to do. He can handle the pressure of what we're going to ask him to do. But I think we're really, really fortunate to have Hazelwood on our team uh, because of the loss of Burks. And you know, we're going to have to replace some numbers. We have to play some touchdowns, uh, some key catches, and. Uh, we we believe that he can he can be that guy to help us.
1: The more I watched KJ, the more I, I just kind of felt like he was your dude. I mean, tough as hell, confident, but blue collar, smart with the football. I cannot wait to see his encore twenty twenty two. What's something that people at home maybe might not have known about KJ and what he meant for you guys last year?
0: Um. He's quiet. You know, I don't know if they if people think that he's not, but he he's not a he's not a loud uh, person. Um, he's extremely hard worker, funny, uh, hilarious um, messes with me all the time. Uh, uh, but the thing I didn't know about him was and 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 you think this is silly of me not to know it, but his running ability. Um, I found, um, you know, because you have a quick whistle, you never touch him, you know, so in practice, so, you know, somebody comes up and tags him, and we're running an option or whatever, you don't get to see the true athlete, uh, nor do you want to. You don't want people to hit him. Sure. Right. That run against Rice uh, in, the, in the second half, I go, man, we, we've got something. Here. We've got a 60, 80-yard rush a game guy right here. Uh, and not having to force it, just have him. Uh, and so, I, I don't know. I found that out uh, myself. And then, uh, here's the number one thing. He's much better on a Saturday than he is Monday through Friday. And he's getting a lot better at it Monday through Friday. But he's a gamer, he, and
1: and uh, Saturdays you can count on him. You have probably heard maybe some of the 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 early disrespect with the Heisman conversation with him, or some of that stuff, and it, it gets overblown. and And we we know that that stuff can change in a hurry. Come September, but. Is that something that can kind of benefit him in a way? Because obviously, like, you you want, in an ideal world, a guy who has the type of year he does, as successful as he was, you want him to come back hungry. You want him to come back wanting to add more things to his game and come back, you know, kind of pissed off. And it seems like you have that right now with KJ. I
0: think he thrives on, on, uh, you know, you got to watch it in this world about believing what people say about you, good or bad. Yeah. Um, you know, you are who you are, not not who people say you are. And uh, so you got to kind of be careful about that. So, you know, we talked. Um, he needs to keep the good things people are saying about him, just keep them kind of under wraps. And then he uses that as motivation. In other words, last year, I think somebody said that he was the worst quarterback in the SEC. I oh got Brad Crawford, yeah. For <laughs> the year. And I said, well, welcome to the club. I was the worst coach in power five when I got the job. And uh, so if you want to use those as driving, he's good at that. Um, You got to watch it because people can control. Like, I always think I'm not going to let what public perception is of me affect one decision that I make. If we're going to win, it's going to be because we've thought about it and we calculated what the decision is. And if we're going to lose and they fire me, it's going to be because I deserve to get fired, not because I cared about what somebody else thought about what I was doing or anything like that. We try to take that over to the kids as well. And then they'll kind of the good things, they'll store the bad things. It could be motivation. And KJ is really good at that.
1: How does he mess with you?
0: joking all the time. I mean, you know, he always said he's a small town kid from Oklahoma, because I said, all I am is old small town kid from Oklahoma. He always comes up and says that to me. And he wants to race me all the time, which he'd lose. And I don't want to I don't want to bring his confidence down. So I won't do that to him or, you know, go bench press or whatever. I don't want to embarrass the kid. But uh, no, we're always messing around with each other. I love him. I love all, all the kids on the team, but he's just a special, special person. And he's always messing with me some way or another.
1: How much are you benching right now? Oh, I'd have probably about 120. I mean, because you know, you say down to two XL, you're losing some weight. Last time I asked Lane Kiffin about this, he got in his feelings and said that it was weird for me to ask a question like that. But I feel like I can ask you a question about this. You you me do whatever you want. You're drinking diet Mountain Dew. I that the world needs to know. All right, so you're taking a healthy choice there. It'll do baby. What's are, are you are you wanting like a, a diet plan right now? A fitness yeah. plan.
0: Yeah. Uh... I don't know if it's called keto or Atkins. It's kind of a little bit of both, but basically is I eat whatever the nutrition puts on my plate. And I started doing that last August, August 1st, when Julia was helping me. And I'm down 40, 42 or something like that. And I feel a lot better. And it's not the end result. It's the journey that really has been fun. Because I remember when I lost my first 25, I thought I was – Arnold Schwarzenegger and and that was 20 you know almost 20 pounds ago you know so it's kind of the journey has been fun we take a lot of pictures here so you can kind of look at them and I don't but people take a lot of pictures you know what I mean man you can see kind of transformation and I feel better and and uh, hopefully I look a bit a little bit
1: better I, I think you, I think you look great. It's it's definitely noticeable, and it's it's something that you know I, I think we kind of lose lose sight of it when it comes to coaches and all of the positions they're put in where you, you're probably going to be unhealthy the vast majority of yeah. the time, and you know the the job kind of lends itself to that. So I applaud anyone that's willing to to make the effort to 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 kind of get right in certain ways, and you have certainly been able to uh, to do that. Um, can you take me back to the Ole Miss game because it's one of the few times that. I think I've ever seen a team go for two, then not get it, and pretty much still have universal support that it was the right decision. You held up the two right away, right away. You go back and you watch that, and it's it, they're debating on the broadcast. What are they going to do? What are they going to do? And there, there you are, holding up the two. When was that decision made by you? Yeah. Because it felt like it came before the drive even started. Yeah,
0: I can I can take you through it. Uh, I think there was about an hour, uh, uh, um, a minute and a half left. They got behind us. They scored. I think we had, I don't know what it was, maybe a minute 13, something like that, when we got the ball back. Right when they scored, they hadn't even scored yet. They were running in to score. And I clicked over to KB Kendall and said they did us a favor. And so um, they scored. We went down. We the whole time I just kept saying, well, I got the team together before the drive and said, look, don't come off the field. We're going to go for two when we score. We're going to, we're going to make the two point and get out of here. And uh, but we couldn't stop them either. I know they couldn't stop us. We couldn't stop them. And then when we scored on the very last play of the game, uh, there was really no no decision to be made. It was, let's steal the game. Let's go home. Um uh, Look, at some point, I felt like both of us were going to score, and at some point, a two-point conversion was going to decide the game anyway. And I thought, we've got it. If we score, they can't retaliate, and they can't – they don't – it's over. And so I took the chance, but I, I knew it. As soon as they got behind us and scored with a minute-something left in the game, I knew we was going to go for two if we if we were fortunate enough to score.
1: It's unbelievable because – you can say you're going to do something and then in the heat of the moment, you get maybe in your own head and you say, ah, you know what, maybe, maybe we just, we just hold off and we do, we kind of play it to the edge, but you, you seem to thrive in those moments. And your team has become a lot more familiar with playing in these, in these closer games. And it felt like when you, the amazing thing you watch that game back and it's like, wait, three and a half minutes left in this game. And you guys scored twice on the road against a team that was going to, that ended up going to a new year's six bowl. Where did that kind of show you where your team was? Because I feel like that game really defined kind of what you, what you guys became in the second half, even though ironically enough, it was in the midst of that three game losing streak. And it was, of course, just a devastating loss.
0: Yeah. I think, you know, here's what I, here's what I'll say. Um, if I tell the team something, I'm going to do it. I mean, that's just how it is. I mean, and so I had thought about that decision, you know what I mean? And and so I told them, and once I tell them, I'm not, they're not going to call me a liar. I'm, when I tell them, that's what we're going to do, and that's the end of it. Or I just wouldn't have told them, but I felt comfortable with that. So I was good there. Now, I do think that there is an air of confidence um, that we have. Uh, an era of we are disrespected, uh, an air of blue chip, an air of lunch pail, uh, however you want to look at it. We are all in it together. I wasn't the first choice here. Uh, I got something to prove. I have something to prove to the state of Arkansas that they hired the right coach. Our kids have something to prove that we're not the old Arkansas, that we're one that you don't want to play. And um we're not there yet, but we're headed there. And then I said it when I first came here, we want to make the people of Arkansas proud of the football team. And so all of those things are driving forces to have success here. And our kids are bought into every bit of that because that's how we feel. All of us. All of us in the building.
1: It's weird, but it's true. I'm ready to run through a wall. (laughs) I mean, like you, you hear that stuff and it, and it is inspiring because with some, with some people, it's just lip service with you and having to to talk to you. I I know that it is 100% genuine. And, you know, with your team, I think you could make a legitimate case that your two most impressive games of the year were losses. You might, you might disagree with that, yep. but if you're going three and nine, that's a problem. But when you're yep. not in four, you can kind of build on what you saw against Ole Miss, what you saw against Bama. You don't get to to fire up the jukebox after a game like that necessarily. Yep. But, but what was your biggest takeaway watching those two performances and how different they were compared to maybe what you dealt with in 2020?
0: Yeah, you know, I, I'll go back even further. I think our first game last year against Georgia, two years ago, where we were ahead at half. I think think all those things had, if there was a question in our kids' minds, it brought back belief. And even in losses, um, you know, like Alabama, we just kept coming back. You know, they were ahead 14, come back, 14, come back. Um, at Alabama, great program, one of the greatest, if not the greatest head coach ever. Uh, um, but our kids uh, will fight, and I think when we came back off of that game, uh, you know, then we still had uh, Missouri to play, but we were on the what we called the four Bs at that point. You know, We were on uh, Bowl uh, uh, Boot, Bama. And then the battle line trophy. So we do, at, at the end of four B, we did three out of four of those. But uh, I think the I think the old mess deal of knowing we can, we can come back helped us in the two minute drive against Mississippi State. If that
1: makes sense, I know uh, you said you were rooting for Georgia in the title game. Obviously, your connections there. I, I've always wondered what's the congratu- the congratulatory text like. Uh, to text or call, you know, with, with Kirby, knowing that he's, he, I mean, he's got a million of those coming in. I'd like to think with how personable you are that you would just kind of show up on his door, maybe like three days after his hangover wore off or something like that. You just kind of showed up on his door so have to give him a hug. What was a, what was your interaction like afterwards? I just sent
0: him a text that said badass on it. <laughs> I Hey, listen. I I didn't have anything to do with them guys winning the national championship, but I knew players on the team, and uh, so I don't even think Alabama people could be mad at me for rooting for Georgia. I, you know, I put four years of Jamie and I's life in into the University of Georgia. So, but you know, Kirby, you know, we lost it in '17, I think it was, and yeah, you know, '17 we lost and, and, uh, they'd lost in the SEC championship game. You know, sometimes it seems like that's kind of how it goes. You know, you don't get to the SEC championship game or you lose and you still got a chance to win the natty. That's a heck of a league right there, buddy. And, uh, so anyway, I was proud for them, proud for the players that I had, you know, had coached or recruited or whatever. Um, when I say that I'm not taking any credit for the game. I, I didn't coach them, but, uh,
1: I knew him, and I was proud of that and proud for the coaches. I've seen you say a ton that Arkansas is the last job you'll ever have. And I, I truly believe you when you say that. But let me just throw this hypothetical at you. Pat Sajak steps down as the host of Wheel of Fortune, and they That's court the you. a
0: football coaching job. I didn't say that I wouldn't – me and uh, Hannah uh, – what's her name? Vanna White, yeah. Vanna White wouldn't be, you know, give me an A, give me an A, you know what I mean. I didn't say that. I said football
1: job. Okay. So I think that that answers our question then. If they say to you, Sam, you're our guy. We need you. We need that enthusiasm. You were made to do this. You're telling Wheel of Fortune yes, right? correct?
0: <laughs> no. <sighs> is, is, it any cl- is it any closer to Hot Springs,
1: Arkansas? Because if it's not, the uh, answer would be no. They travel all the time, man. I, I think you can... <laughs> you could work that into your contract hey we're, we're building a studio in hot springs if they want you that badly <laughs> they will make that happen and then every single experience yes i mean every single time you, you let them off with a, a yes sir and, and yeah, you could do that I, 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 do I, I, I all the catchphrases are are absolutely there for you to make that happen so I, i'm just saying <laughs> you shouldn't say that's you I'll definitely clarify time. That's your last football job, not your last job overall. So, just wanted right. that to be known. Um, okay, I've worked on my uh, my yes, sir. Um, last year, when you came on, you graded it a D-minus. But then I think you, you sure gave... I didn't say D-minus B- and you thought it was D-minus. No, it was D-minus because yeah, then D- you, minus, okay. you said afterwards, you're like, ah, oh, Connor I was too hard on you. I'll, I'll bump it up to a C-plus. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Look, I'm ready. Good. I'm ready to get that to a B. Oh. So, can you grade me?
0: Yeah.
1: All right. <clears throat> <laughs> yes, sir.
0: I like it. That's that's a let's let's put it at eighty-seven percent.
1: Eighty. That's a, like a B plus, right? Well, it Depends
0: on what school you're in.
1: Okay. You know, it could be a,
0: it could be a, a high C or a, a high B plus.
1: I go to the B plus schools, not the high C schools. That's not...
0: It was awesome. It was so much better. It was great. It really wasn't a, it was
1: great. Um, it really was. God. All right. That made my day. you All right. I want to get you out of here with five rapid fire questions. Uh, just five questions. First thing that okay. comes to mind. Does that work for you? All right. All right. Uh, what would it take for you to get a boss hog tattoo? Never. Not a tattoo guy?
0: No, don't have any. Fair enough. Not against them. I just don't, you know, my, my skin's so perfect, I don't, you know, don't want to cover it up. All
1: Great right. Point. <laughs> <laughs> I always gotta ask this. Uh, what's uh what's playing on the jukebox um most for you lately? Um uh King Harvest. You okay. know. Okay, I'm gonna. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna have, I'm gonna have to Google that one, but I, I okay. That might be. A, no. Oh yeah, yeah yeah okay, I know that song. Yeah okay. King Harvest, great song. If you weren't a football coach, what would you be doing for a living?
0: Wow, uh, salesman. I don't know what I, I tried to sell encyclopedias at one point. I sold a set to my parents and that was it. Wait, what did you, were you a door to door encyclopedia salesman? Oh, I was door to my parents' house. And then <laughs> that was the end of it. I, it didn't last very long. It was horrible, but I, no. Yeah. You know what? I think if I wasn't, I'd like to be some type of commentator. I think that'd be fine.
1: Yeah, I would, uh, I would gladly warm up a seat for you over here to be able to do something like that. Um, the current state of the transfer portal is A, totally fine. B, unsustainable. C, a mess that you're getting used to. Or D, none of the above. C. Okay, I like that. I actually haven't heard that answer. I like that. That's a mess. Yeah, it's a mess. Yeah,
0: I think we're all getting used to it. I think we we're going to have to have some type of dead period put on the portal. It has to, at some point, us coaches need to know who's going to be on our roster.
1: Agreed. Uh, last one for you. Your favorite rivalry trophy, trophy is what? Ooh. And please say it's the boot. Okay, the boot. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not. Uh, all of them. Hey, all once upon a time, game? beggars couldn't be choosers. All of them are great. All of them are great, and when you hadn't had is the rivalry trophies in your case for you know however many um, years, each put five six years,
0: then um, the classic trophy probably because I don't think we ever had it. Dad. We? we? had it one time. A&M. Yeah, that's that, a good. That, one. that was that was cool because it's it was a neutral site. You know that was that was. That was cool. I don't
1: know. They're all, they're all pretty special. They're all part of the beast, the, the four beasts. That's all that matters. That's right. Yeah. Sam, this has been a blast. Really, really appreciate the time. Best of luck with everything this season, and uh, send my love to Lucy.
0: Thank you. I will. Thank you much. Appreciate you so much.
1: What's my destiny, Mom?
2: You're going to have to figure that out for yourself. Life is a box of chocolates for. of... You never know what you're gonna
1: get. We're talking out of town guests in figuring It Out today, this weekend. My brother and his wife, they will be staying with us down here in Orlando. We're gonna hit up the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Ooh. By the time that people are listening to this, we'll have already probably been there or maybe we will have attended it. We'll be there on Friday. Um, Gonna hit up Akiva Springs, Akiva Island, Gideon's, Tibby's, Chicken Fire, all the top Orlando area spots. It's gonna be awesome. It's gonna be a lot of fun. They have never stayed at our house. We haven't really hosted much at all at our house because we bought our house late 2020, pandemic Mm -hmm. obviously impacted that. But maybe it just feels more significant because we spent the last few months redesigning our guest bedroom. New dresser, new end tables, lamps, new mirror, wall art, curtains, the whole deal. I mean, a lot of different stuff was was put into kind of getting it to this place. I think the Airbnb game has changed the hospitality aspect of what one can expect when they stay in in somebody's guest bedroom, at least in terms of it did for us, like what we like when we go and we stay somewhere. Mm -hmm. I love, absolutely love when I stay somewhere and they've got little snacks and they've got little waters for me. That's the best. Mm -hmm. Even if I don't eat them, which eh, 50-50, I'd say. It is such a nice gesture to be in that spot where you're a guest and sometimes you're you know you're getting somewhere and and maybe you're you're eating out the whole time at different restaurants and stuff and so you're you're like man i don't really know what like you know those in between times when you're hungry and you don't want to have to go out to necessarily get food or something it's kind of nice to just have something right there or maybe you wake up and you're hungry and. Maybe it's your significant other or the group that you're with. They're not awake yet. And it's kind of nice to be able to just kind of have that before everybody has breakfast or something, whatever the case, I find a lot of different uses. You really for like
2: little snacks. <laughs> I do.
1: They're great, man. Mm-hmm. Um, Lauren made sure that we had granola bars and water bottles and we put them in this little, little guest basket on the dresser that's got the fresh towels and all that stuff, got the, the Apple charging port where you can do the watch and the phone mm-hmm. at the same time. Pretty cool. Um, also, a nice touch. This is this is a great a great suggestion that um, one of Lauren's friends did a couple of years ago when we when we stayed there, and I have always said like this is this is a must um, when we have our guest bedroom. A little frame that has the Wi-Fi, the, the login like the name and password, just so that you can always turn back to that instead of asking the host of the house. Different times with different devices. Sometimes, if you got your computer there, you got a little bit of work that you're doing, or whatever. You know, your phone, whatever the case may be. And it's just there. It's just always there, and you can always just kind of turn to it. And it looks classy enough because it's in a frame. Mm-hmm. It's not just like a sheet of paper that's sitting there on the dresser. So it's kind of a little decoration. Um, yeah, like I said, that that's a that's a game changer. Absolutely love it. It's the small details when you stay in places. The small details. So. We're gonna get five stars on Google reviews. There's no doubt in my mind. We're heading in that direction. We've mm-hmm. done all the proper, the proper prep to get to that level. On top of that, fully stocked on alcohol. I also love making breakfast when I'm in groups. Let me explain that. <laughs> We're gonna bust out the waffle maker at some point. We got the pancake griddle, we got the whole deal. Um, that is an underrated skill to have with some of these trips or when you're with a group of friends, maybe even when you're with with family or something like that, the person who makes breakfast for everyone starts the day off with a lead, right? You are the one taking that initiative and not making everyone wonder, uh, who's gonna do this? Everybody's kinda hungry. Unless you're going out to breakfast, which that's different. If you're going out to breakfast, be the coffee guy make everyone coffee. Mm-hmm. Easy, easy way to start the day. Show that you're taking initiative. Sometimes it's just, I, I like being able to, to depend on myself for that. I don't necessarily like asking somebody Oh, like, would, do you mind like making me a cup of coffee? Like, no, I'm just, just going to go get it. Like, mm-hmm. It's easy. It takes two seconds. Everyone's just sort of waking up, maybe a little bit hungover depending on what you're doing. I don't know what kind of activities you got going on, but that gesture can go a long way. I did that at my brother's bachelor party and I got thank yous all weekend for breakfast specifically. Of course helps when your father-in-law cooks three pounds of bacon and brings it over and along with, you know, like a hundred dollars worth of groceries, but still cooking breakfast for everyone. Like your whole party is actually easier than being grill guy, which I know another popular thing. Grill guys kind of high stakes, mm-hmm. right? I mean, Not as high, not not as high of stakes when you're making eggs, you know, you got bacon going, a little toast, nothing too difficult there. Unless you're trying to make some, some biscuits and gravy or something like that. Maybe you're doing, you got some specific potato recipe. Although I'd say that's actually not too difficult, but you need the supplies ahead of time, but you do a few of those things and it goes a long way. It really, really does. I have said on this podcast that I have no problem being a beta, none whatsoever. Waking this is up. Continue. I have no problem being a beta. Lauren gets sick of me saying that. Waking up and cooking breakfast for groups is arguably one of the more alpha things I do. Okay. I'll say that. <laughs> Actually, Will, quick side <laughs> tangent. Okay. Quick side tangent. <laughs> I did something pretty alpha on Wednesday night. Let's hear it. I went to an art auction. <laughs> art auction.
2: <laughs> Rough start. <laughs>
1: auction. Lauren and I were at an art auction and I bid on a piece and we took it home. Even Lauren said to me, she's like, you were so confident. I was. That's fire. We're what what is list. it? It's a, it's a nice piece. It's like a, it's like a canvas style piece that we got from a local artist who was painting at Wekaiba Island, mm-hmm. paint out, shout out to that. And just painted like a, like an area that we, uh, an area that looks like uh where we, where we hike all the time at Wekaiba. That's so, why big fan of that as I could purchase. That's cool. It's like, it's local. It's not too big. It can go in any room. I'd never bid in, in, we'd been to the auction the last three years. I was a beta the first two years. I was an alpha this year. And
2: let's keep figuring um, it out. Like, like, like being there, seeing, getting the feel of the room before you start yelling numbers. Cause I start yelling well, yeah. numbers, <laughs> I get myself in trouble. Cause dude, chilling out and having a good time is definitely better than having your certificate other look at you. Like you spent how much on that thing? <laughs> You
1: get a couple of, give me a couple of beers and an art auction and I'm, I'm good to go, man. I yep. tell you what, it's, it's one of my favorite, my favorite things to, to go to every single year, even though I don't have like an art background or anything like that. The auctioneer is just incredible. I think I've said that before going to this thing, um, but the, the guy's the guys are awesome. And when your heart starts racing a little bit after you put a bid in, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, don't, don't bid this up. Don't bid this up. So I was confident. I was really, really confident in that moment. Little did people know that, you know, I'm a nine year veteran of fantasy football auction. So was my first rodeo. Mm-hmm. Had also been to this auction before. So you kind of learn when to when to make your bid, when the lull in the auction is going to be to maybe swoop in, get a piece that you like, kind of make those decisions early on, have a few that you're kind of eyeing. But anyway, um, alpha moves.
2: We ta- we're ta- uh, hosting Loosing out of time, kids. yes. That's right. <laughs> this is off the rails. <laughs> Just the best kind of uh, best kind of off the rails. Um, can I talk about hosting for a second?
1: Yes, you will. Okay. Has hosting out of town guests for you changed as an adult, as an alpha?
2: So <laughs> I think, great intro, Um, I think I'm about a year away from get, taking it that seriously. I'm kind of position, since I'm a little bit younger than you that like, I'm kind of the only one of my friends like with house, except for John. Mm. And so whenever people are coming up, it's like, hey, can we crash with you or are we getting an Airbnb? And so whoever comes over to my house is super thankful no matter what I do. And so Brittany is the person who is very like, well, we gotta make sure this is done. We gotta make sure to get them like, she's a snacks person she's like a welcome them to our home type of person. And like for family, it's different, you know what I'm saying? Cause your family is obviously, it's like, it's almost like, as as much as no one ever wants to say it, it's always like a check-in point when someone from your family visits your house, right? Cause it's like, how in order is your life? Is your crap yeah. everywhere? Is it whatever? So it's a little bit different from what, what it's like my boys, but whenever we've had uh family and stuff, you know, we've made sure to do that kind of stuff. And like, I will say our house is really unique because like, this is like, bedroom number three that I'm in right here. So really we only have two bedrooms in our house. And one of them is I would see a guest bedroom. And that was one thing me and Brittany said is like, well, we didn't want to have a ton of people always coming over. We wanted to have it to where it's like, okay, you know, if we have a big group coming over, then I guess y'all can get an Airbnb or whatever. And we can host like one family at a time or like her whole family, which is like three people, uh, just so we can kind of keep it like contained. But yeah, I think that's something that, it's underrated, man. It's underrated how hard it is to really nail that and to look presentable. And like you said about the Airbnb thing, it's the little things you never think about from from years of doing it. And and, and again, similar with the pandemic thing, we lost a couple of years of reps. So as we've started to have nicer gatherings, mm-hmm. started to have people over, I think that's like, Definitely an, an aspect that definitely I underrated growing up because my mom was always so good at it, my family was so good at it. And I'm sure you like lived in a similar situation. It's like, you know, we have company over it it'd be this big deal, and then you start to grow up and be like, oh wow, like this actually takes hours to make this happen and make us look like not savages. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's it's tough, and there's there's a lot of lot of things that, that kind of go into it, and it's like, alright, if I'm if I got you know, my brother and his wife are coming. I'm not going to, we're not going to have a tw- one twin bed and then somebody, you know, has to sleep in, in a random couch or something like that. You know, we, we try and make the accommodations comfortable. And th- that's the thing that I always think about when I'm staying at somebody else's place or something like that is, I I, want, I don't want to feel awkward at any point. Mm-hmm. Even when I stay at my mom's house, I don't want to feel awkward at any point. Like I, I got to ask for anything like that. And, y- and usually I don't but I always try and make sure as the host that I'm overly accommodating. I don't want anybody to feel like, when are are we going to eat? Or did you like, did you clean the sheets beforehand? Because like, we know you guys got a cat. We see him. He's sitting right there. (laughs) (laughs) Did Did you guys take care of that? Or, you know, there, there are just things like that that can creep up on you that if you're not paying attention to them, that can kind of—I don't want to say make or break a visit, but they can definitely impact a visit. Yep. And so I—I I don't want to be that guy, and I want to make sure that everybody who stays with us is—is is, you know enjoying themselves, and it's you know the best possible visit, and it's like, oh yeah, let's let's come back, let's hang out.
2: So, um, if and when you I, end up coming over here, I'm just gonna have the most random <laughs> snacks for you. It's just gonna be a little glass <laughs> cup with like some uh, taquitos in it, <laughs> and then just like a green tea shot next. to you. It's gonna just like, what do I do with this? I don't even know.
1: What's your uh, how many funions do you have? Um,
2: <laughs> Three and a half Funyuns just on a paper plate. <laughs> right?
1: Uh, we, got, we got taquitos for, for like late night or you guys you guys good there. Just Just stuff like that, you know gotta just, be ready. Just, yeah, I never know. Yeah, gotta be ready. I asked the Facebook group. We got a couple of responses here that I want to get to. Um, do you clean your house before, after or both? do you make your guests breakfast like alphas and do you have a fully stocked fridge air mattresses for guests ya or nah and then any out of out of town guest horror stories so we got a couple here uh dave Kozart says We always clean before and after, go out for breakfast, and make sure to have plenty of beer in the fridge. Otherwise, I feel like anything else in the fridge is off limits. We have two guest rooms, so the air mattress is a last resort. Horror story is having to listen to my buddy and one of our friends um, exchange um, and be intimate. We'll we'll say that (laughs) Yeah. In, in the guest room and then having them pretend like nothing happened the next day. There should be a rule there should be a rule not somebody else's house man yep just just don't just don't
2: unless you're a long-term guest and even then wait wow that is such a like faux pas, bro. I mean, like an Airbnb is obviously different because that's like a, a service. Totally different. Anytime that you're staying with someone, if you can't like, unless that's like a romance has been building for years and this just happened to be that it all kicked off, which like I'm sure you got to ask for thanks or, or, or forgiveness later on that. But yeah, I couldn't imagine doing anything of like a, a I guess, like sexual nature in like a, a home that's hosting me because you just that's the ultimate like, hey, bro, like now we're now everything's weird. <laughs> Now
1: everything's weird. Do we bring it up? Are they going to bring it up? Right. Pretend like we didn't hear anything. Can we make a joke? No, just don't do that. Always be aware of what can turn into an awkward situation. There's nothing more awkward than having something like that come up and then you guys are staying in the same house. Mm -hmm. It's just weird. Okay. just I would avoid that. That is that definitely qualifies uh, as a a horror story. Great point here. The the air mattress, I also consider that a last resort. Mm-hmm. It is we have run out of room here, at least we have that. We don't want you sleeping on the floor or something like that on, on our rug or something. Here's an air mattress, here's a blanket, you should be good to go. Our situation now is a little bit more we're we're set up better to be able to to not have to turn to an air mattress as a last resort. Got the guest bedroom, you know, queen size bed in there, and then our um, our couch as well also has like a it's it's just base it's considered like a like a like a pullout but it's just more couch
2: mm-hmm. which
1: is great I didn't even know that was a thing until we went couch shopping over a year ago bro the couch it game
2: awesome. <laughs> it's picking up oh.
1: man. It has changed. It has absolutely changed. Um, yeah, my buddy Candler stayed here, uh, overnight when he was coming through and we were driving down to, uh, to Miami for the orange Bowl, mm-hmm. and he slept on that. And I was like, yeah, I don't have any concern whatsoever, like he can totally sleep on that. No issues whatsoever. Last resort though, for the air mattress. I have one quick horror story. It's quick freshman year of college. And College is, is a different category when oh, it comes yeah. to hosting guests and stuff like that. You just don't really know anything. I, look, I was bad at this as well. I I mean, I, I hosted people in my college dorm, my college apartment and stuff, and I probably like broke, violated all these different rules all the time. So I'm by no means perfect in this department. One time I was staying with, uh, with an extended family member um, during a college trip to another campus. And I had... Basically, I I was sleeping on the couch that night. Mm -hmm. My family member um, decided to essentially throw a party in his living room, the same room I was sleeping in. Cool, love that. And I'm sitting there the entire time like, well, I was asleep, now I'm awake. Do I just wake up and go to another room? And they're like, man, I can't believe he's sleeping through this. I'm like, I'm not, you idiots. How <laughs> drunk are all you of right you? Now. you right now. Stop know, poking it was, me. It wasn't so much like a, a party. It was like an after hours type event.
2: Right. As like as yeah.
1: Why would you bring over five or six people afterwards when it's like, yeah, my cousin has passed out on the couch. Mm-hmm. OK? Like, that, that's just the type of awareness that maybe doesn't develop. And I I don't think I would have done that in college. I can't imagine I would have, but it was so awkward because I was definitely asleep. But then when you're asleep, I don't want to interact with these people. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be like, oh, hey, what's up, people I've never met before. Yeah, totally throw this party and I'll just go sleep in the bathroom. Like what? Did you have like an event
2: to be at the next day or were you just bullet? Like, did you did you have to get like a solid amount of sleep? God, I don't even
1: remember why I had to stay there. Mm-hmm. I, had, I had to get a decent night of sleep. Okay. I had to get a decent night of sleep because I think we were, we were leaving. We were going back to Indiana the next day. It was at Illinois. It was at Illinois mm-hmm. um, for those wandering. And uh, which what a, what a great, lovely little campus that's not overrated at all. Um, and it was just weird. It was so awkward. I was like, why did he put me in that spot? That's so strange. How did you not have a presence for the moment? It
2: wasn't like he was just off with some girl or something like that. Right. He was in the room. <laughs> That's when it's you like, kind of do like doing? a little quick, like picture of meeting, being like, hey bro, like I love you. You need to get these people out of this house. I'm about to have a mental breakdown, bro. I'm yeah, just letting like, you know. Like It lasted for hours. Right, yeah. After about like hour, like two and a half, I'd be like, all right, bro, look, like I'm about to, get real caged and real mad, <laughs> it doesn't work as well you need, for you. But.
1: <laughs> you need to have one of two things register if you're trying to pull off that move. You one need to ask, like you one need to, to register, okay, this this probably isn't something I should be doing. I should just take people to the other room, not right. the room in which my cousin is passed out in as an out of town guest. Right. Or you should wake me up and make sure that I'm alive, man. <laughs> Because if i'm sleeping through that they're playing music i mean it was a full-on after hours like let's have a couple more beers let's extend the night type of thing and people are like i don't think somebody sat on the same couch that i was sleeping on but it was basically everything but that anyway fun times um let's go to uh this one from john holly johnson john holly johnson says Always clean before and after and make a big breakfast. I usually forget to, to uh, I usually forget to get cream for coffee, so end up scrambling for a substitute. Yogurt and coffee doesn't work by the way.
2: <laughs> okay, I was slandered for wow. putting like what eggnog in coffee the other day. Yogurt and coffee is next level.
1: Will, you also attempted to put coffee creamer in your cereal instead of milk. (laughs) You are are not (laughs) one to talk.
2: (laughs) Listen, sometimes you just have to do what's available. I'll say this really quick, dude. Have you ever used GoPuff?
1: no i'm scared to ask what that is
2: <laughs> i can understand why coming from me but <laughs> it's like a function of uber eats you can get stuff like that delivered to your house same day like within the hour so if you like forget to grab something let's say you're in this exact situation let's say people are like on the way or whatever you forgot to grab creamer you could throw in like type in like creamer and a GoPuff. they'll go to like cvs or whatever grab whatever random things that you need like for us it's always actually coffee creamer and like drinks because we'll have people over be like oh we forgot to grab like this person's allergic to this let's just throw this in and then like 45 minutes later they'll just show up at your house with whatever you need super helpful
1: seems really nice actually especially if you live maybe if you live downtown too Mm -hmm. and you don't really have quick access to something like that and sometimes if you go to the downtown grocery store it's always just a zoo and it's such an experience and i can't imagine how frustrating that would be to forget something so to have something like that yeah that makes that makes a lot of sense but um john john also says we keep a couple of camping cots instead of an air mattress for children or unexpected guests camping cots haven't necessarily heard of that. I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've slept on a camping cot.
2: Have you? Like a small bed. It's just, you know.
1: Okay. I mean, I, I've slept on a cot at, at a hotel or something. Mm-hmm. Is it similar to that? You just wheel it out?
2: No. Yeah. It's it, essentially, it's just like a little mobile small bed. It's actually a pretty vet move to just have those. It's like uh, a, a, an smart. elevated air mattress is how would explain it. Okay, more comfortable than an air mattress or less? Yeah, yeah, I'm, a, I'm actually a big air mattress guy, so I'd personally prefer an air mattress, but most people wouldn't for sure. What's the longest you've gone sleeping on an air mattress, <laughs> like consecutive days? <laughs> probably, probably about a week. Yeah, I, that's, that's a long time. Yeah. I, I think I like four or five
1: days, four or five days when I was first moving into my apartment in Nebraska, by the time that bed came, because I ordered the bed the first day that I was there, that was a big priority. By the time those four, four or five days are done, you see the difference. You're ready. You're
2: you saw ready. the one Maybe the load first shipping day. truck pulling into your town in Nebraska. You're like, there it is. There's my fit. It's on it's the way. Oh,
1: uh, I lived in a town of thirty
2: thousand people. Wasn't that small? I know. Wasn't I'm just that kidding. small? Listen, Nebraska uh, is, a, is, a, is a soft spot in our hearts. In this podcast, I'm learning about the great state of Nebraska through you. It's been a great time, really. Always a lot
1: to offer, man. A lot to offer.
2: Um, yeah. I,
1: I don't think I had any other closing thoughts. Oh, there was one other thing that I wanted to, that I wanted to bring up. Um, let's see. What was it? Oh yes. Cleaning your house before, or after, or both.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: I have changed my mindset on this. We, we definitely, we've been, I still have like a couple more things to clean up here. Um, by the time, by the time my brother and his wife get here, but we definitely are before, um, before and after people, we 100% clean up. My mom, my mom was talking to me on the phone the other day and she keeps saying, why are you cleaning up before? That's a waste of time. Just clean up after, you know, people are going to be messy, blah, blah, blah. I think to myself like, mom, you live alone. All right. It's a little bit different. (laughs) It's a little bit different. And when you have, if you have any sort of animal, That's out Mm -hmm. of the question. You cannot just be a cleanup after person. That is a big, big thing. If you want to avoid any sort of awkwardness or something like that, not everybody has allergies, so I'm not just speaking specifically to that, but there is nothing worse than showing up to a place that you're gonna be staying and you realize there is dog hair everywhere Mm -hmm. or there is cat hair everywhere. And I can't help
2: but notice it. <laughs> Dude, my sisters, Not a fan of that. My sisters used to have these huge boxers and there would just be little lines of drooler. So <laughs> these boxers oh. would like rub their gums on stuff and you could tell when they cleaned up and when they didn't, because when they didn't, it was like a snail, like a vertical snail, lived in their house and it would just go along the walls. I was like, how do you live like this? Bro?
1: <laughs> I couldn't. And, and look, I love dogs. Right. I absolutely love dogs. But sometimes, man. Oof. You could just tell. Lately, I have not stayed in a place that has been like that. Mm -hmm. But every once in a while, you'll go to somebody's home and you'll get an impression. And so that's why you clean. That's why you clean before. That's why you clean after. That's the way to do it. Just be as hospitable as possible. All right. Like I said earlier, Tuesday pod will be, it just meant more, Arkansas Ole Miss 2021. Then we're back to normal later in the week. We'll have Joey Molinero on. Great interview, so look forward to that. Leave us a five-star review. Subscribe to this podcast. If you have not already, join the Facebook group. Your name Red on Air with Figured Out or Bold and Brash.
2: Thanks guys. Talk soon.